When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome to another episode of Steelers Friday Night Six Pack. I am your host, Tony Defio, and I thank you for joining me on this lovely, cold, and bitter Friday night in Pittsburgh. But it's the end of February, so it's supposed to be cold and bitter. And I uh, hope wherever you are in Steeler Nation that it's nice and warm and toasty. And if it isn't, well, like I say every week, it's almost spring. So before I continue... I just want to encourage you to please like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. We bring you live shows each and every day and night, including this show, The Steelers Hangover, Touchdown Under, Know Your Enemy, which is now the curtain call this uh, during the offseason, Steelers Preview, Steelers Post Game, The Scobro Show. We have shows for each and every day live. And if you're watching this show live on YouTube. You can also catch it on Facebook live. So if you're watching on Facebook, hello. And you can catch all these shows after the fact on any audio platform of your choosing. I, of course, like iHeartRadio. I said every week, but you can catch it on Spotify, Stitcher. Uh, what else? We have Apple. So many places. Any place where you can find a, a podcast, you can find our podcasting platform. We also have Audio-only shows that you can catch on any audio platform, including Let's Ride, The Live Mic, uh, From the Cutting Room Floor, The Stat Geek, The War Room, What Ian's Talking About. So please give those a, a listen. You won't be sorry. Our, our platform has grown so much over the last year or so. Uh, everybody does a great job of getting used to this content 24-7-365. Uh, so, uh, please check us out and of course, check out behind the curtain, the website, we bring you news, commentary, film breakdown. Anytime there's, there's, there's breaking news. Anytime there's minor news, anytime there's any kind of news, we'll have it for you. So please check us out. It is your one-stop shop for all your Steelers needs. And let's look at the live chat and who was the first in Steelers Pittsburgh was the first one in. So they get the gold star. So Welcome. Nicole Molina, Florida, and she says Florida is hot. I wish I was there right now. It'd be great. But like I said, it's almost spring. So just a few more weeks and, and we'll be in the clear, I do believe. Brian Brown, 
Clarence Washington, one of our legends, he's here. Mine Red Jane and Bert. Greg Lawson from Facebook. Levin Robinson, Laverne Robinson from Facebook. Danny Owens from YouTube. He says, hey, Tony, George Teston. And that's a great crew tonight. And I'm glad you guys are here to join me on, on uh, another great night in Steeler Nation. So let's talk about the uh, the big news from the past week since I last talked to you on my solo podcast. And that was the hiring of Brian Flores last Saturday. Last Saturday, I was, I was, I was uh, one, day, uh, one day away from uh, having the breaking news. And uh, it was breaking news, wasn't it? I mean, it shocked everybody. I wrote about this the other day, and when I first saw the official announcement on on Twitter from the Steelers' official Twitter uh, page, I thought it was a joke. Like they hired Brian Flores. If you don't know his story, he was fired from the Dolphins uh, after the season or during the season. Anyway, I think it was after the season, and, and uh, of course he he quick quickly. Uh, filed a, a lawsuit against the league for, for racial discrimination after it was determined that that Brian Dabble was hired to be the Giants' new head coach before Flores even had an interview with the, with the, with the Giants. So he found it out by accident, thanks to Bill Belichick, of all people, his former boss and mentor. So, uh, you know, Flores was in the wind there, and, and um, many wondered if he would ever work in the NFL again. I mean, that's a you know, big thing that to sue the NFL for for anything, but especially you know racial discrimination. It's it's a it's a pretty big uh, accusation, even if there is a lot of it seems to, there's at least some truth to it, in my opinion. But anyway, um, uh, Flores was was uh, hired last week to be the Steelers' uh, new uh, senior defensive assistant and linebackers coach, and it was a move that everybody. Just about everybody loves and and showed immediate uh, approval of when it when it was announced. And uh, uh, the feeling is that Flores is going to add a lot to the coaching staff, and 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 I think that's 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 true. I think he's going to add a lot. How could he not? He's he's a very talented coach. He's young. He's one of the brightest defensive minds in in in, in the NFL. He's been widely credited with shutting down the Rams and and the Super Bowl against the Patriots following the 2018 season. He wasn't the official defensive coordinator, but it's, it's been confirmed that he was basically the defensive coordinator. He was one calling the plays and, and along with Bill Belichick devising the game plan for that game. So uh, the guys, uh, he's got a great track record and he, he did a good job with the, with the Dolphins. He turned them around. They didn't really get over the hump as a, as a true contender, but he turned them around and it was kind of a, a surprise that he was fired. So he's going to add a lot to the staff, and and um, he's obviously not just going to be the linebackers coach. Uh, presumably, the outside linebackers coach uh, Jerry Osavsky is the inside linebackers coach. So, assuming he keeps that role, um, uh, Flores is going to, I guess, be the primary coach for the outside linebackers. Although there's talk that he can help uh, fix Devin Bush and help sort of re- revitalize his career. And I'm sure he can. Again, the guy uh, has worn many different hats, or at least he did with the Patriots before he became a head coach with the Dolphins. So the guy's been around. He's been he's worked on the offensive side, and of course he's worked on the defensive side. Uh, he's worked in the personnel department. So he's a very talented coach, and he obviously knows his defense. So, 
but he's not just going to come in here and, and, and be a defensive uh, and be a linebackers coach. He's going to, I'm assuming contribute, contribute heavily to the week weekly game planning and scheming of the defense. And, uh, you know, I don't think anybody should be surprised uh, when, when you hear stuff like that. Cause I, I think that goes on all the time, you know, um, uh, we heard for years that, that Dick Hoke was uh, instrumental in, in the running game and in, 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 in coordinating the running game. Uh, we heard that about Mike Munchak, that he was the, the, the ground game coordinator when he was here as the offensive line coach. And Dick, Dick LeBeau, I'm sorry, Dick Hoke was the running back coach to, to fill, you in, fill you in on what he did. He was the running backs coach. But he, was, he was also a, a vital member of, of that coaching staff. And people like Mark Malone have said that, uh, people on players on both sides of the ball would go to him for advice constantly. And, and he would give them advice on how to improve their game. So, you know, just cause you're a, a, an assistant coach and, or a position coach doesn't mean you're not contributing. You know, when, when Bill Cowher uh, first came to Pittsburgh in 1992, he hired Dom Capers to be his defensive coordinator. But, but Dick LeBeau was also on that staff as a, as a defensive backs coach. And uh, if you don't think that he contributed heavily uh, in, into the game planning of the defense every week, uh, you're, you're sadly mistaken. You know, Dick LeBeau was was um, a coordinator before he came to Pittsburgh for a couple of different teams, at least. And, um, you know, if you ever watch any old NFL film stuff, and of course I love that stuff, and I have a DVD uh, of the, I think the first, 70 years or whatever it was it's from 04 and uh you know there's there, in, in the feature section they do a, a feature on dick lebeau after he was rehired as the coordinator in the in 04 he, he left in the 90s to go back with the bengals and eventually became their head coach got fired and he came back to pittsburgh and they did a, a feature on him on him and the uh the special relationship he had with his players and kevin's Kevin Green, the late Kevin Green, the late great Kevin Green, he was interviewed for this uh, this NFL Films feature, and he talked about when Dick LeBeau became the coordinator in 1995, I think. Yeah, 1995, after Capers left to be the head coach of the Carolina Panthers. Uh, Kevin Green talked about one of the first meetings uh, that, that he had with the, with the defense, and he said, you remember all that zone blitz stuff? He said other words, but that zone blitz stuff that you guys have been using the last couple of years has been highly successful. That's mine. That's mine. And we're going to do a heck of a lot more of it now than I'm the coordinator. In other words, you know, Dick LeBeau was the guy who, who helped to invent the zone, uh, the zone blitz defense. And, you know, he can, he helped contribute to that, to, to Don Capers, Dom Capers game plan when he was a coordinator here. So, you know, to think that Flores isn't, isn't going to be a major contributor to the defense is crazy. Of course, he's going to be. He's going to contribute with Terrell Austin and Mike Tomlin in devising the game plan every week for defense. So I, I think it's an exceptional uh, move. And it really does, as the title of the show suggests, it, it changes the perception of the coaching staff because, you know, uh, people were very critical of the Steelers uh, for weeks after the season because of the the internal uh, promotion of, of, of Austin as coordinator of the defense. And of course, Matt Canada last year was promoted to offensive coordinator after, after Randy Fickner was fired. So, 
you know, the belief was that that Mike Tomlin only wanted to surround himself with yes men and that the Rooney family, Art, Art the second, they were cheap and they didn't want to bring in any big time names from, from, from the outside. And the, uh, the team as a whole was going to suffer because of that, because uh, the coaching staff was, was made up of, of, of people who weren't quite as accomplished as coordinators and, and position coaches and other teams. But you know, bringing Flores in here immediately changes that perception. Like I said on the Hangover on on, on Monday with Brian and, and Shannon White, it's like having, like, like I said just now, it's like having Dick LeBeau as your secondary coach. It's like having Mike Mike Munchak, a former head coach, as your offensive line coach. So it, it's going to be huge. And um, you know, if you have three bright minds heading the defense, uh, two former three former coordinators on defense and two former head coaches. I mean, gosh, you know, provided they have the, the, uh, they, they fix so many issues with the personnel, you know, on defensive line, secondary, obviously they have question marks in, in a few different places on defense, provided they address those accordingly. Uh, it can only help because great defensive minds get the most that they can out of, out of great defensive players. So, Hopefully they they can they can uh, do some do some upgrades in certain areas and and I think the rest will take care of itself. I'm fairly confident that you know even if Mike Tomlin uh, continues to call the plays, which is pretty much not a secret anymore, uh, the scheming and the, and the game planning is not going to be just Mike Tomlin. It's going to be Mike Tomlin. It's going to be Terrell Austin. It's going to be Brian Flores, and I'm pretty sure Tomlin is going to be open to input from those guys during the game. You know, I think most great uh, coaches are, are, are open to um, to suggestions during a game. If they're not, then then the, the team probably suffers. And we've even heard uh, when you, when you, when you, when you um, heard Brian Flores uh, when he was on the, uh, the Brian Gumble show, the Real Sports show, the other day on HBO. He was talking about Bill Belichick, and you think of Bill Belichick as this egomaniac, this, this almost like this dictator as the head coach, uh, my way or the highway. But according to Brian Flores, he listened to suggestions. So, you know, uh, Mike Tomlin, uh, he's a great leader. We all know that. We know we all know that, regardless of what you think of his abilities to as a you know to scheme and and, and the X's and O's and time management and all those things that he always gets, gets criticized for. I think and everybody will, will be in agreement, at least I, I would assume, that he knows how to manage people. He knows how to manage people, both uh, his players and his coaches and whoever else he has to manage as the head coach of the Steelers. So I, I, I don't think he'd, he'd have that great reputation if he was just somebody who did not want to listen to anybody but his own thoughts and own ideas. So. I think this uh, this hiring, this hire is, is, is going to be fantastic. So I'm really excited about it. And, um, and you know, it, it's going to be interesting to see what this leads to as far as personnel, you know, with, with the draft coming up, with free agency coming up, how much influence having Flores on board is going to, is going to uh, have for that. Uh, is he going to, you know, are they going to bring in players to sort of, uh, you know, 
fit a different, you know, the, 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 you know, sort of not really change the direction of the defense, but maybe tweak it a little bit. We'll see. We'll see. It's going to be pretty interesting. And um, speaking of free agency and the draft and all that and, and hiring coaches, I think last, last Saturday's hire was another example of the NFL season just never stopping, never being over. And as it pertains to the Steelers, you know, even when you think they're down to nothing, they're always up to something. I mean, that, that, that's saying, right. And, you know, as fans and in, in, in the media, uh, we tend to, to get impa- impatient when it comes to the, the moves that they make, like we did with that, with the, with the coaching staff uh, until the floor is higher. But, you know, just because we're, just because we don't see anything happening, just, just because we don't hear rumors of anything happening doesn't mean that they're not working on something. And yes, Flores kind of fell into their lap and he called Mike Tomlin to ask for advice for counsel, uh, how to proceed at, you know, after following the lawsuit and being, being without a job. And that kind of led to, to, um, the, this, this hire. But just because it's sort of they, they fell just because Flores fell into the Steelers' lap doesn't mean that that they didn't have to take initiative and and, and get this deal done. And it's kind of like what happened with Joe Hayden uh, in 2017. Uh, he was cut by the Browns, and they immediately swooped in and, and, and made a deal, and it made their defense that much better. So the point is, um, and this will this will hopefully. Uh, people will keep this in mind at the beginning of free agency, but I doubt it is it, just because they're not doing anything on day one or day two or day three doesn't mean they're not going to do something big eventually uh, before the spring is up. You know, last year, you look at all the moves that they made throughout the, throughout the off season. You know, they didn't do a whole lot at the beginning of free agency, but by the end of the summer, they had made a lot of significant moves, uh, signed some people, uh, made some trades. They didn't all work out. But they 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 addressed many areas of their team by the end by the time that the season started. So, you know, the off season uh, free agency doesn't end just because the big wave the first or second big wave ends uh, in March. It, it, it's going to be ongoing until uh, training camps over and even during the season. So, uh, Kevin Colbert, and, and sometimes you roll your eyes when he says this stuff. Like we're always evaluating players, we're always looking to improve. And you're like, okay, whatever you say, Kevin, why aren't you doing anything? But uh, this is just another example. The Flores hire is just another example that they do that they are always looking to improve, and their timetable is a little bit different than ours. We want it done right away. We want it done just like that. Whereas uh, the way the Steelers tend to do things is is they kind of sit back and kind of let things come to them like a, like one of those uh Texas Hold'em uh poker players that that folds a lot, you know, but they know when to play a a certain hand, they know when to play a good hand, they know when to be aggressive, they know when to hold them and when to fold them, you know, that like the song uh says. So uh I'm excited to see what, what's going what's going to go on this uh this spring with free agency. It, it's like I said last week, this is the first time in the modern era, really, since social media and everything that they've, that they've, they're going to have a lot of money to play with and, and they're going to have fans really anticipating. But like I said, 
in my last article, don't go crazy if they don't do anything right away. But they're probably going to do something this year significant because they have the, the money to do it. So maybe they'll make a few significant moves. Maybe there'll be free agent winners for a change uh, for whatever that's worth. I mean, there are a lot of teams that, that are that get branded, the, you know, the free agent winner. Uh, by ESPN and, and all these other uh, outlets. And when the season starts, <laughs> they're uh, down and out losers. So, but you know, if it, if it, if it brings some excitement this spring, then I guess that'd be a good thing, but I trust that, that they're going to be more about making pragmatic and, and uh, smart moves than they are about making a splash. I don't see them making a big splash. That's just not how they do things. Not unless that splash also coincides with it being a smart football move. So we'll see what happens. And that's all I have to say about the Brian Flores hire. Um, I'm, again, I'm, 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 I'm very excited about it as, as are a lot of people. So, and, you know, just to touch on some things that not a lot of people are saying, but uh, somebody brought this up on Twitter. Um, ben Anderson, he made a great point uh, who, who works for another site. He's a really good uh, stealer mine. And he said, you know, before uh, when, when Flores was 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 out there, before you know he was hired, fans said, "Oh, we got to get Brian Flores in here." And 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 then when they did, some people were saying, "Oh, it's just a it's just an affirmative action move by Tomlin. It's just a a move to prove a point about you know the social in, in, injustices happening with coaches." So people were mad about that, even though even if it was true. That, that, that's why Tomlin did this to make a statement. Uh, they got a, they got a great coach. So isn't that the bottom line? So it's just funny how, how, how uh, that went, you know, so that the opinion, the opinions changed on it for some reason because of the perception of why Flores may have been brought in here, but regardless of why he was brought in here, uh, it was, it's a great football move. And that at the end of the day, that's what you want them to do, make great football moves. And this was certainly the case uh, with the uh, Brian Flores hire. So it's only February. So there's a lot of time between now and in training camp. So there's going to be a lot of talk and speculation of what he can do uh, for them this year. But <laughs> I can't imagine it not being a, a bad, or I can't imagine it not being a good move. So we'll have to wait and see on that. And, um, just wanted to move on to some other things. Uh, of course, Kevin Colbert and, and Art II talked to the media uh, this past week, and, and they both kind of sort of uh, threw their support behind Mason Rudolph a little bit. You know, nothing like earth-shattering support, but they did, you know, um, give him a bit of a vote of confidence. You know, you know our, uh, Kevin uh, Colbert said, you know, he as of today, he's – he, you know, if the season started today, Mason Rudolph would be the Steelers' starting quarterback. Of course, he's the only quarterback on the roster. But you know, he was just pointing out a fact. Of course, people took that and ran with it. And and Art the second, you know, uh, kind of gave Rudolph a vote of confidence on uh, Thursday when he talked to the media. And you know, he, he talked about Rudolph's, you know, his mobility. You know, not great mobility, but he has some mobility. And we saw that last year against you know, in the Lions game. Uh, of course, people don't want to hear that about Mason Rudolph, and you know this leads a, a bit of, a bit of panic among fans and 
But really, I mean, what are they supposed to say? You know, this guy, meaning Mason Rudolph, he might have to play for you at some point, even if even if he doesn't, even if you go out and get a big name, even if you go out and, and, and get a mediocre name, even if you go out and draft somebody and they're just and you're, they're your starter in week one, whoever that is, Mason Rudolph, you might you might have to rely on him for a good chunk of the 2022 season, if not the entire season. So, you you know, you want to support that guy. He is your employee. So, uh, you know, why people think that's a, such a horrible thing uh, that that Mason Rudolph's bosses would would acknowledge that that you know he's in the mix at the very least to be their quarterback in 2022. I don't know why that that's such a shocker to anybody. It shouldn't be because uh, it could very well be a reality, regardless of what you think of it. It could be the reality, and 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 they have to. They have to, you know, pump him up a little bit. You know, that's what you're supposed to do with your starting quarterback. You're not supposed to be overly, um, uh, you, you, you know, critical of your starting in public. I mean, you, you have to, you know, Bart Starr said to Vince Lombardi one time, you know, you know, you want me to be the leader of your team, but you keep, you keep berating me in front of the rest of the team. You know, how can you expect me to lead them if, if you make me, if you embarrass me in front of them? So, you know, uh, there's been, you know, so, so many examples, TJ Watt, Najee Harris, a couple other players, uh, you know, sort of failing to mention Rudolph and, and Dwayne Haskins when being asked about possible uh, quarterbacks for the team in 2022, you know, well, somebody's got to step up and, <laughs> and, and give these guys uh, a vote of confidence. So I think that's, that's all you have to, you know, think about that, you know, not that they're necessarily, not that, Rudolph or Haskins are necessarily going to be the, the starter. It's just that their bosses are, in the case of Rudolph anyway, they're they're acknowledging that they're that you know they're they're uh, you know they're 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 showing some confidence in them, which I think is a good thing. And the reason why I think it's a good thing is because I don't think anybody else is showing much confidence in Mason Rudolph. I mean, if you listen to the media and of course the fans, I mean, the guy they he's already probably the most hated Steeler, which is so funny because, you know, we talk about what happened b- between 84 and 2004 before, uh, after Bradshaw retired and Ben uh, was drafted. Well, we're already repeating that kind of history with, with Mason Rudolph and he hasn't even been named the, the uh, starter yet. You know, and when I say repeating history, I mean like this, this personal, almost like this, this, this hatred for the guy, not just, his play, but like him as a person. And it's, it's, you know, you, you see this question on Twitter every day, um, you know, from somebody, I understand why people might not like Mason Rudolph, his, his, his quarterback ability, but, but what is it with this, this personal hatred for the guy? And, you know, if you study Steeler history, this goes back to Terry Bradshaw. Uh, when he first came along his first four or five years, you know, when fans like took his his struggles on the field personally and got really personal with him and about his intelligence, his looks, everything. And of course, uh, you know, all throughout the '80s, Mark Malone, uh, you know, Bobby Brister kind of kind of got spared uh, of that. Uh, you know, I think because he was kind of like a Duck Hodges type. You know, he had a, he had a unique unique name and. You know, he had, you know, he showed a lot of courage and fire and he swore a little bit and, 
you know, he was never a great quarterback, but I think he, he, because he was so fiery and, and uh, I think fans kind of, I think they, they, they took to him a little bit more than some other quarterbacks like Neil O'Donnell and of course Cordell Stewart. And, you know, the stuff that, you know, was said about him was just, just awful. And something I'll never forget from my fellow Pittsburgher slash Steeler fans. Uh, you, know, so, you know, working all the way up to, Tommy Maddox at the end, after he was supplanted by, by uh, Roethlisberger in 04 and, and, and had to start in 05 and lost that game against Jacksonville throwing garbage on his lawn. And, and they kind of never uh, forgave him for his poor play after Ben took over. So it's like this, you see this and it's with Mason. You kind of saw a preview of this with uh, Landry Jones when he had to step up and be a starter in the mid 2010s. Uh, you know, people sort of call him Laundry Jones, all that stuff. He's the wor- he's the worst backup ever, and you know, it's like I, you know, it's probably like that with 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 every high profile player at any position in any sport in 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 professional sports. But it just seems like it's it's worse with quarterbacks, I guess, because it's the most high profile position in professional sports in in team sports anyway. But it's just so it's so uh, funny that that it's like that. Like, you know, I, I, I argue with people on, on Twitter, like, you know, I'm not going to use the exact words they use, but, you know, Mason Rudolph's a jerk. You know, I'm like, based on what? And they're like, he's, he's just a jerk. I, I just think he's a jerk. But but why? Look, we could we could we could disagree on why he's a, why I think he's a jerk, but I think he's a jerk. And, and that just doesn't make any sense to me because he's never really done anything to to earn that reputation. I mean, he hasn't been the greatest quarterback. There's no denying that, but I mean, like, you know, he, they post, you know, his picture gets posted online and people make fun of his looks. Uh, he posts a picture, an Instagram picture with his girlfriend and people make fun of that. Like, it's so crazy. I mean, this guy might, you know, wind up um, being a great quarterback for them, or at least a really good competent quarterback for them. And, you know, I mean, this is the stuff that gets put in books 20 years later, like the, how the fans treated me. They were so, they were so mean to me. And there's, you know, there's going to be no way to, t- to deny it um, because it's true. You know, people always talk about, oh, I have, you know, on Twitter, I have, I'm saving the receipts from the haters. Well, you know, it's going to be all those quote unquote receipts are going to be readily available. Uh, if, if the, if social media is still a thing 20 years from now about, uh, the feelings for for Mason Rudolph. I mean, I doubt that he's going to, you know, evolve and, and become the quarterback that they need him to be. But, I mean, if, if it happens, what a story that would be, wouldn't it? And that's why we watch sports. So that's all I want to say about Mason Rudolph. And I just had one more thing to talk about, and that's the USFL and the, uh, the Pittsburgh Maulers. And I just... Uh, I was kind of excited when I when I found out that that the USFL would be coming back and then the Maulers would be would be part of it. And I knew it wouldn't be like it was in the 80s where they were almost a legit rival to the NFL. In fact, they were a legit rival and they were costing the NFL ratings and players draft picks. Um, I knew it was going to be like that, but I was kind of excited that the Maulers would, would be back. And, and But I thought that they would be playing here for some reason. Whether probably not at Heinz Field, 
but I kind of figured they might play maybe at Highmark Stadium or some other college stadium, you know, like where Robert Morris plays, where I don't even know where they play, Duquesne, something like that. Um, but I found out, I think it was last week or the week before, that, that all the games are going to be played in Birmingham. Like all eight teams are going to play in Birmingham. So to me, it just doesn't even feel like Pittsburgh has a, a USFL team. Yeah, they do, but in name only, you know, and, and, and yes, it might, um, they might uh, put down roots in Pittsburgh, um, maybe in starting in 2023 or 2024, but let's face it, you know, judging, you know, based on, on what happened with the AA, AA, whatever it was called, the Alliance of uh, whatever, and uh, the XFL, um, what are the chances of of the USFL being around past 2022? So it's going to be kind of hard for me to, to get emotionally attached to this new league and to the Maulers uh, because A, there's no team, there's no, the team won't be playing in Pittsburgh and B, they're probably not going to be around for more than a year or so. So that's all I want to say about that. And now I'll open things up to some questions and comments before I say goodnight. So let's see what we have. New comments. I got to scroll down. So bear with me out there. And Oh, yeah. Steelers Pittsburgh says Todd Haley is, is the head coach of one of the teams. I mean, that would see, that, that'd be exciting if he was the, the Mahler's head coach or or if they would have like drafted a like one of these uh, kind of journeyman quarterbacks, like even a Johnny Manziel. I mean, that would have been great, you know, uh, just for the headlines. And what if he what if he really um, did a good job? Oh, oh my gosh, you know, does it make sense for the Steelers to take a flyer on Johnny Manziel? You know, that kind of thing. It would it would have been interesting. But they signed somebody named Kyle, or they drafted somebody named Kyle. Law et or law letter, whatever. I, I I couldn't. I never heard of the guy. Yeah, George Teston says that's done playing. I think it is. I think you know. I realize there's probably um, financial reasons why you know, you know it's it's not you don't you can't just snap your fingers and and um you know rent stadiums. You know, so there's probably you know financial reasons, but still, you know, you have all eight teams playing in one city. And you got a North division and a South division. <laughs> it should be like the Birmingham division and the Birmingham division. You know, that's, it's really what it is, but whatever, maybe, maybe it'll, maybe it'll, it'll, it'll work. And maybe, you know, by next year, all these teams can go play in their, their cities that they supposedly represent. But, you know, I mean, I think, you know, it's the third time now in recent memory that they've tried a, they're trying to get a, a secondary football league started. And this is the one I was most excited about. And then I find out that, there won't even be any, because I was looking forward to, to going to some games, you know, getting you know, cheap tickets. So when I, when the Pittsburgh Power uh, was here, the Arena Football League uh, about 10 years ago, I'd go to games all the time. It was cheap, like 10, 15, 20 bucks for a ticket. It was great. And it was, I mean, it, the football wasn't all that great, but it was exciting. <laughs> it was fun. And I was hoping that would be the case this year, but oh, well, that's okay. And uh, this one from Brian Brown. How much will Minka cost the Steelers? What's the pay grade for safety in the NFL? I'm guessing I don't really have a, a number 
if I had to guess, it'd probably be around, I'd say, 15, 20 million uh, thereabouts. As far as guaranteed money, I'm guessing maybe half of what TJ Watt was look, you know, what he got, 80 million, so probably about 40, 45 million. If you're if you're going to like a, like a five year contract, say five years for say 60 million or four years, 60 million, I would say maybe, and 40 of that guaranteed. You know, it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna take up a a good chunk of the uh, salary cap. Not that they don't know how to, you know, circumvent circumvent those kind of things, you know, through, uh, through uh, restructures and, and, and as we saw last year, voided years. So we'll see what happens, but I'm saying, I'm thinking about 50 million, you know, you got to think of um, what did the, the players last year, the, the, the top safeties, what did they, what, what, what contracts did they sign? And then you take it from there. Uh, you, you know, add a little bit to that because everybody wants to make more every year. Everybody wants to make more than, than the guy did last year. So. Jared Devil says, whatever it takes, the Steelers need to, to, to sign Minka. I agree. I mean, he's a fantastic uh, safety. Maybe the best free safety in the NFL. Maybe the best safety period in the NFL. He's a really fantastic talent. And, you know, you can say what you want about um, the Steelers uh, trading away that first-round pick in 2019. But, I mean, can you imagine them getting back anybody better than, than uh, Minka? You know, so yeah, they, they they need to get him in the fold. He's you know, T.J. Watt, Cam Hayward, Mika Fitzpatrick. They make that defense go. Uh, you know, they're already down. Possibly Stefan Tuitt for good. Um, who knows about Alu Devin Bush is uh, he's uh, obviously an unfinished product. So they're, yeah, they're going to have to uh, uh, they're going to have to to figure out a way to get Minka signed. And I have no doubt that they're going to get him signed. I mean, there was all that angst last year about, about TJ Watt and they got him done really the 11th hour uh, before the season started. So, you know, if you don't see anything getting done right away, it doesn't mean it won't get done. It just means it, it might take <laughs> the entire off season like it did with Watt last year. So. Yeah. Eric Dove says of the usfl it's going to be like a farm league for the nfl yeah i mean that's that's been the that's been the plan for really even even if they didn't have direct tie to the nfl it's been the plan uh for the uh, the alliance i always forget the name of that the, the acronym and the xfl and now the usfl the plan is for them to to um unearth talent that was overlooked by the nfl or maybe um sort of ran out of chances in the nfl and you know, to get a second chance in this league. That's what, that's, that's the goal. I mean, it'd be really fun. Like we talked about on Monday, if, if, uh, if, if a league came along that could actually rival the NFL, it'd just be fun. It'd be fun. I'd still be a loyal NFL fan, but I'd love to see that kind of thing happen. But, you know, it's, it's a much different world now than it was in, in the, in the early to mid eighties. And I don't, I don't, I don't think there's enough, uh, of a pie when you're talking about how, um, how divided the, the entertainment pie is uh, for TV. I don't think there's enough of a pie to get networks to bite on a huge television contract for a, a, a rival league or for a, a, a bunch of billionaire owners to step up and, or a bunch of billionaires to step up and buy these teams and uh, have the resources to compete with the NFL. It's just not, it's not like it was in 1983, 84, you know, you have, you know, the NFL's 
the 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 the, the, the top television uh, prize. But even that, you know, their ratings uh, are, are are the best. But you know, if you get another league in there, it would cut into those kind of ratings. Now, I'm I'm not sure anybody would let that happen now. So. And Brian Brown asked, should the Steelers take a middle line, you know, inside linebacker with the number one pick? I mean, I think it's, it's certainly, it's certainly uh, on the, uh, it's certainly in the mix, I would say. I mean, I really haven't taken a look at many of the prospects outside of quarterback as I, as I sheepishly said in, in an earlier article this week, but yeah, you know, it's not even just to replace Devin Bush, it, you know, it could be the, to, to, have somebody play alongside him. You know, I mean, uh, I think that's certainly on the table. Uh, Defensive lines on the table. Offensive line, of course, is on the table. Cornerback is on the table. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of areas they could, they could go with that number one pick and inside linebacker is definitely one of those areas. So, yeah, I, I I mean, if, if, if the, if the, uh, the, uh, the value and, you know, is there at 20, then yeah, I mean, if 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 they feel that they that, that, that this guy could be a, a um, help the defense be a game changer, then I I see no problem with that. All right, what else we have here? Evgeny Crosby says the USFL will last one season. That probably where I'd put my money one season. Who knows? Hopefully it will last longer, but you never, but, but you know, the odds are that it, <laughs> that it won't. And uh, Steelers baby says, wait, what happened to the XFL league? Wasn't that Vince McMahon? Yeah, it was. And I, I, I don't know if he's still in the mix. Or not. I know the rock is in the mix and they're coming back. I think what happened to the XFL was the, the second time around was COVID. The pandemic shut shut them down. So who knows if they would have uh, if they would have kept going? But they had a pretty sweet deal with uh, I think it was Fox and ABC, uh, which is you know the the other league didn't have that. But that's what happened the last time. The first time around, it was just a farce. Basically, in in two thousand, <laughs> the he hate me era, and you know they had. Uh, Jesse the body and doing uh, color commentary when he was still the governor of Minnesota. It was just a big old joke. And it was basically wrestling on a football field. Uh, but the second time around, they were, they were trying to become more, they were trying to be more legit, but then the pandemic hit and, and then everything had to uh, fold, they had to fold up their tents for, uh, so to speak. So we'll see what happens the, second, the third time around, I guess. And this is uh, Mark Tobin. The guy in Georgia is great too. I assume you're talking about, uh, if you're talking about defensive linemen, that'd be Jordan Davis, right? I've heard some great things about him, but the way it goes with a defensive lineman, if, um, if he's already getting that kind of buzz, he won't be around the 20. I mean, those defensive linemen are coveted. Those uh, guys who can, who can dominate at the line of scrimmage, get to the quarterback, stop the run, whatever. Uh, so he's going to, He's going to be gone. Uh, he says it's a linebacker. I don't know. I don't, is, that, is that who Jordan Davis? I thought, I thought Jordan Davis was the lineman, but I don't know. There's plenty of time to uh, study the draft between now and, and uh, April. Clarence Washington says, number one pick will either be a quarterback or an O lineman. 
And yeah, I mean, I, I'd say at this point, the chances of it being another lineman are probably better than a quarterback simply because um, Kenny Pickett won't be there. I look for him to be gone by the top 10, like I've been saying. And, and, and it looks like a little bit of the sheen is off of Malik Willis uh, in the week since the uh, senior bowl. Although the combine and the pro day might change that uh, before the draft, but uh, it looks like he might uh, be a candidate now for an early second round pick. Who knows? But then again, he might be, by the time the draft rolls around, he, his stock might start rising again, and he might go in the top 15. Get thrown guys like Sam Howell and, 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 and you know, uh, Mark, Matt Corral, you know, so it, it's, it, it's still early, but, but uh, I'd say Lyman is, is, uh, is probably a better bet at this offensive lineman at this point. Clarence Washington, another one, says Flores should help Highsmith as well. That's a good point. That's a good point, Clarence. Uh, you know, he, he's here to resurrect uh, Devin Bush. Or that's one of the reasons why he's presumed to be here. But um, obviously, Alex Highsmith, he, he could. I mean, you saw what with uh, what, what, what Mike Munchak did with Marcus Gilbert, who was a second round pick. He took him from being a like an average lineman and making him one of the best right tackles in the NFL. Flores, you know, not that Highsmith has been struggling, but he could maybe take him a, a, from a budding young player into a superstar on, on the level of a Bud Dupree when he left here. And if he can do that, wow. You know, you talk about a, uh, a, a shot in the arm for that defense, for that pass rush, uh, for TJ Watt <laughs> and, and giving him some help. So, yeah, that's, that's, it's, it's, it, that's another, that's a great point. And it's another uh, thing we have to keep our eye on is, uh, mini camp and training camp uh, approaches. And this is uh, Brian Brown. Shouldn't the Steelers get back to old school run offense? Najee can put up bus numbers. Don't worry about the quarterback right now. Mason is good enough. Well, I mean, you know, uh, I think running is coming back into vogue in recent years. I mean, you know, Obviously, quarterback's the number one thing you need, and, and of course, you need a great defense. But you know, passing rules today. Having said that, you know, more and more teams are having success running the ball. I think it's you know, the, it's a cyclical thing. You know, if if uh, defenses are gearing up to stop the pass, and you know they're getting you know lighter and quicker, and you know it, it stands to reason that you you can maybe dominate more on on the ground and. and most of the of these successful teams in recent years have had great running attacks. So I don't know if, if you necessarily uh, go back to old school, but definitely uh, make that more of an emphasis. And, and, you know, with, with Ben Roethlisberger retiring, Najee Harris, you know, he has a great chance now to be the focal point of the offense for the foreseeable future. Evan Gullis says, do you think Stephen two comes back? If you had to speculate, well, I mean, are the second, what did he say when he said we're, we're, we're leaving the door open or we're leaving open the possibility that tells me that, that it's more of a, uh, like Shannon said on Monday, it, it, it's more of a, a, a mental thing that at this point, does he want to continue to play? Is he still grieving? Then it isn't a, a, if it was a physical thing, they wouldn't be saying things like we're leaving the door open. This tells me that, that, that to it is, um, is, is still, contemplating whether whether or not he should keep playing and here we are it's end of february 
uh, you have OTAs coming up soon. And you have, of course, minicamp and everything. So if he's still not on board yet, after, you know, and again, we don't know what, we don't know why, what, what's going on. We really, as Brian has pointed out several times, we really have never been given an official uh, reason as to what's, you know, what's going on with stuff on to it. So it, it's almost unfair to, to, to like really point to anything, even his brother's death as a reason. But at this point, if I had to speculate, I would say that, that, that um, I said on Monday that I think he, he's, Probably he might come back, but after what Art the Second said the other day, I'm, I'm starting to have my doubts that that he he might come back next year. So if I if I I think I'm leaning 60 40 against it at this point at this juncture, but you know it can change. I mean the off season, 24 seven news cycle, things change all the time. This is Brian Brown again. Now, as you made the Pro Bowl with no O-line, imagine if he had one. That's right. You know, yeah, I mean, he had some tough yards last year. His yards were tough to come by, but he he had one heck of a rookie year. So if they can if they can spruce up that line, uh, he's going to be a superstar. So on that note, I'm getting up against it. I think I'm going to call it a night. It was fun talking to you all. It was a nice spirited show. Nice groovy calm show and uh i hope you have a great weekend and uh who knows what kind of news is gonna i'll have to talk about on uh on uh, monday with brian and shannon and certainly by the time next friday rolls around uh news never stops in the nfl with the steelers everything so who knows what we'll be talking about next week but until i talk to you on monday you have a great weekend and go steelers 